one of our, our hearts for Marty and I is that we would not just come and learn about the Word of God. I mean, that's primary, obviously, worship. Um, that's our three values, and that's what this series is actually talking about. We just spent eight weeks talking about truth. Uh, truth, family, and presence are our, our three core values here at Christian Outreach Center. And truth speaks about the Bible, the Word of God. Um, that's the foundation for our life following Christ. See, it's not, Christianity isn't just a, it, you might take issue with this, but it's not just a bunch of opinions. It seems like it's a bunch of opinions some days, but if you're ever on social media or anything, but uh, it's, it's based on the Word of God and the person of Jesus Christ. And so we spend a lot of time telling you why the Bible's reliable and uh, talking about how the Word of God needs to be the foundation for our lives as Christ followers. And uh, the one that we're going to talk about today, we're actually moving on. We're talking about family a little bit. And uh, that means a little bit what you think it might mean. We, uh, one of the visions that Marty and I have for Christian Outreach Center is strong, healthy, vibrant, thriving families. And nobody said amen. That's okay. It's still our vision. Hate us all you want. Be resistant. Blow your lives up. See if we care. We want to see you guys. And so that doesn't mean that, that uh, whatever, whatever situation you happen to find yourself in these days, if you're single, if you're in a blended family, if you're uh, in a biological family, if we, just, we, we want your lives to thrive. And we believe that one of the places that that God has a unique uh, voice piece or, or tool to pass on values is family. And families do, uh, values do get passed on in family. Sometimes they're not good values. But family is a place where values get transferred. It's a place of transference. And so we want to do family well. But um, probably about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we've been doing this a long time. Uh, we started looking at our youth group, and we were mainly doing youth ministry at that time and some worship. Um, we started looking at the kids that had been through our youth group, and we started kind of just tracking them. Where are they at nowadays? What are their lives like? And we started noticing a pattern. Oftentimes, the kids that were still serving Jesus were kids that not necessarily came from great families or even really healthy families always, but it was families that, that invested in them to serve Jesus Christ. And they might have done it poorly or, or well or not, but they, they made an effort and they made an attempt to try to teach their kids of who Jesus was. And even more than that, the parents were kind of living it out themselves. And so that's why we think it's so important for us, for our lives to be following Christ. And so we, we started putting a little more emphasis on realizing that the youth pastors can't be the savior of the world. They're, I mean, we get an hour with these kids each week or whatever, and uh, we're just not going to transform lives, you know. Hopefully there's those moments that, and there always are. But for the most part, parents, you're the ones that have the voice in these kids' lives. And so we want, we, Marty and I decided a long time ago, we want to help you guys as much as we can. Whatever we can do to encourage you or to give you tools or to help you out, you've got far more influence. It used to be back in the 80s and, or so that youth pastors were super influential. But uh, nowadays, not so much. And so they're still really important, but parents are so influential in these kids' lives. And kids long for connection. 
with their family. So that's part of what family means when we talk about that, but that's not really what it, it really means. That's just a little sliver of it. What we're really talking about, you see, truth is talking about the foundation of God's Word in our life. Presence, when we get to that one, it's talking about what we did this morning, worship. I mean, worship this morning, guys. Thank you so much for just pressing in and touching God's heart. And so we're going to talk all about, about that. It's, it's our relationship with God. Family is our relationship with each other. So there's, there, let me just, let me read this. Got this from Maddie. She uh, lives in Fargo now. She used to come to our youth group. And uh, our youth group sent her a card. And so some of them she didn't know, some of them she did. And, and so she wrote a great thank you. And uh, so it was really cool. You don't, I won't read that part too. But then on the top she said, things I learned from youth group. Things I learned. I'm just going to read this. Things I learned from youth group. Always stay in the word. Number two, there are many types of love. (laughs) We talk about that a lot in youth. Number three, God is very forgiving. Number four, Kirk and Marnie are an adorable couple. Hashtag goals. I'm just saying. I'm just reading this. Number five, this is the last one. Family doesn't always mean blood-related. Things I learned in youth group. Family doesn't always mean blood-related. And when we're talking about family, that's one of the core values that we have at Christian Outreach Center because it's how we see people and how we treat people. And it's the kind of people that we identify ourselves as. You see, when you talk about family, everybody has an idea pop in your head when you talk about family. Some of you shudder. (laughs) Some of you get really excited. Some of you shake your heads, right? We all have this preconception of family. We're talking about healthy family this morning. And so... um, I just want to go to a verse and just show you a couple things today. What do we mean when we're talking about family? Well, in Galatians 6.10, there's a verse that says this. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family. Say family. The family of believers. All right, so the first part of this is saying, here's what kind of people you should be. This is what your life should look like. You should be doing good. As you have opportunities, and we talked about it this morning, every need is a what? Opportunity, Stephen always says, and uh, love that, that we are able to meet some needs like that. But you as individuals, you should be doing good to all people. Now, I'd like you to not raise your hand or show any sign of cringing or guilt because there could be some of this. Think about your last week. Have you done good to all people this last week? Everyone that you ran across, are they better people for meeting you, running into you, for knowing you? Or were you just a little grumpy one day? Or were you a little selfish one day? Or were you, do you know what I mean? It's easy to get caught up in ourselves. And we'll, we'll see that just in a couple more verses here later. But, but he's saying, here's the kind of people I want you to be. I want you, as you leave the house in the morning and you're about to... So you've had your time with God or whatever... Now you're about to have the hor- this horizontal time where you're encountering people. And when you see people, what kind of people? All people. 
So that really levels the playing field, doesn't it? When you walk out the door, or even if you run into your family before you walk out the door, as soon as your feet hit the ground in the morning, or if your wife's next to you or whatever, like the minute you run into people, what kind of people? All people. When you run into people, you should be doing good. Like that is your perspective in life, is I see people as a place for the goodness of God to happen. You get to be a target for God's goodness. You get to be a target for God. You don't because you make fun of blue cheese. But <laughs> we had that conversation earlier. James may not be mature enough to handle blue cheese. Was... <laughs> or the girls. Oh, no, it was Hannah. But I can't pick on Hannah because I picked on her last week. So, But the vision that we have, because how do we see people? I see people as someone that annoys me. I see people as someone who's trying to take my stuff out of the fridge at work. I see people as an obstacle for me getting what I want. I see people as, do you know what I mean? And if you're going to be honest, so do you. Because that's our flesh. And so Paul is just setting the stage. Look at people and see them as fields for you planting God's goodness in their life. Everywhere that you go, it doesn't matter what, what kind of people. The ones that do good back to me? No. What kind of people? All people. And so that's the lens that we should have on. And it doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries. It doesn't mean that we don't do things wisely. But at the same time, I should be doing good to all people. But then he makes a distinction. Especially do good to everybody, but especially those who belong to the family of believers. Now, he could have said group of believers. He could have said that bunch of people. He could have said the church of God. But there's a number of places where he talks about family. See, the way that we relate to God is multifaceted. So true or false, um, this is kind of an obscure. I said it earlier this morning. You might not know this scripture, but there is a scripture that that says, Paul says, I'm a slave of Christ. You guys, are you guys familiar with that? So we're slaves of Christ. Yes? You guys aren't very convinced on that one, because you might not know that verse. But it talks about us being slaves of Christ. There's other verses that talks about us being servants of God. Yes or no? Yes, okay. Um, well, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Well, which is it? Yeah, it's all of them. So now we're friends of God. Friends of God is pretty cool. So uh, and a little bit later, he says, um, you're the bride of Christ. Oh, so now we're his bride. Well, that's even, okay, well, that's even getting a little more intimate. And uh, then later on, we see in the Bible that you're the body of Christ. You're part of him. You're his hands, his feet, his kidneys, whatever. You're the body. We all have different functions. Well, which is it? There's, there's these multifaceted relationships of God that we can't hang our hat on any single one of them. They, they're all at work. We are servants, and yet we are intimacy as, as the bride of Christ, and yet we're friends of God. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Do you see what I mean? But when you look in the Word of God, there's very few analogies for, for me and you, for you to you, for you to you, George to Tony, or for Angie to Morgan, or like, we're family. Often in the Word of God, you see the church described as family. 
And so at COC, when we say truth, family, presence, when we're talking about family, it's, it's really just the fleshed out, it's a word to describe how we're supposed to treat one another and see one another. And when, we want, when people come in here, we want people to, pastor used to say it all the time, it doesn't matter what you look like or what you smell like or whatever, you're accepted here. We, you know, we're going to preach the truth of God's word to you, but at the same time, we're going to love you. We're going we're gonna to serve you. We're going to help you. We're gonna, like, that's what we do here. And so we want to be known as people that live out those two great commandments. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Does that sound familiar? That's kind of a big commandment. And we all want to love our neighbor as ourselves until we get to know our neighbor, don't we? <laughs> right? Like, there's this practical part of theology when I have to actually go out and do it. It's great to learn about this stuff in church, but then on Monday, oh, pastor, you mean I, you really expected me to, oh, I didn't know, like, I thought we just were all getting excited about loving our neighbors. I didn't know that you meant that I should actually serve them and love them. And it's really true. So when we talk about family, that in here, it could be easy to see us as a gathering. It could easy be see us as a, as a church, as a group of people. But when we say family, we're saying that there's something greater. And so that's just a word that we use. We could use a different word or whatever. But in the scripture, it's so scriptural. It fits because we see that there is a family of believers. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means. But let's go to the next verse. My brothers and sisters in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13. My brothers and sisters, you are called to be free. Now look at this contrast here. But don't, don't use your freedom. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. I'm sure no one in here has ever indulged your flesh before. Amen. But rather, rather serve one another in love. People have a hard time. And people think about this verse as like freedom, meaning I can go do what I want. Grace is a license to sin. And, and, and we say it's not. It's, a, it's empowerment to live holy is what grace is. And you think that this verse is talking about that, and it is some, but I want to give you a a kind of a second facet of what this verse is talking about. Healthy relationships are founded on freedom. Healthy relationships, friends, spouses, family, they're built on freedom. And there's expectations, but there's also freedom. It means that I, I give you freedom to be you, and you give me freedom to be me, and yet it's not talking about total freedom. That's anarchy. It's talking about freedom that's based around the person of Christ and the word of God. And so that's why we started with that one, because that's the boundaries of what our freedom really is. Remember that when we talked about freedom from and freedom to? There's a, there's a, a mandate. There's a, an ought to in the word of God. And, there, and we've been set free not just from things, but we've been set free for things or to things. Set free to be sons and daughters of God. Set free to live victoriously. Set free to be servants of Christ. We're set free for things. And so that's kind of what this is talking about. And I love when I see the word rather. That means that one thing or the other thing. Either or, a rather. So I would rather have you serve one another humbly in love. So what he's saying is, the rather in here is if I'm not serving you in love, 
Okay, think about this in the context of family, whether it's church family or whether it's biological family or at-home family, relationships. If I'm not serving you in love, then I'm using my freedom to indulge the flesh. Are we in the Word of God here, yes or no? Okay. If I'm not serving you humbly in love, I want you to get this. Like when you get this, it's going to hurt. (laughs) because this is painful. If I am not serving you humbly in love, I'm using my freedom to indulge my flesh. If I am not actively, on a day-to-day basis, serving you humbly in love, then I'm indulging in my flesh. Four of you are going, that sounds kind of bad, Pastor. The rest of you are just waiting for the next verse. But this is a bad verse. Because that's a high challenge. Wow. How many times when you come home, you just serving one another in love is not what I'm thinking about. When I'm having a bad week and I show up to church, hey, listen, buddy, I barely made it in my car without killing somebody this morning. Just just back off. Leave me alone until after worship at least. You know what I mean? Like serving one another in love often isn't on our mind. And yet, as the body of Christ, as family, we're called to serve one another in love. And if that's not being produced in our life, then we're indulging in our flesh. And we don't think about that. We th- when we see this verse, we think, indulging in our flesh, oh, you're going out and getting wasted or whatever, whatever it is. Like you're, 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 you know, gorging yourself on the world's pleasures. In our relationships, this verse means if we're not serving one another in love, we're gratifying our flesh because you know what the opposite of real love is? It's not hatred, it's selfishness. It's self-centeredness is what destroys relationships. And so if I want my relationships to thrive and flourish, I use my freedom to serve you. And I let there be, I don't try to control you and manipulate you and get you to do stuff that I want you to do um, Okay, well, I do some with Marnie. But, you know, most of the times we shouldn't do that. We should serve one another in love, humbly. Galatians 5, 14 and 15 is the next couple verses. It says this, For the entire law is fulfilled, we talked about this already, in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Look at verse 15. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So you have the opportunity to sow into your own destruction by your big mouth and your fleshly attitude that wants what you want when you want it. And you know why I know? Because I'm the same way. Yes. The entire law is filled in this command, love your neighbor as yourself, but... Look at the if there. That's conditional. If you bite and devour each other, I just can't believe she said that and he did that. And I'm just so grateful that there isn't a lot of that around here. But when that is happening, you're sowing into the seeds of your own destruction. Wow. Praise Jesus that most of you have never grumbled about somebody else. Whew. Dodged a bullet on that one. But if you were tempted to, let's let this verse, let's let the word of God judge our thoughts and intentions, right? Like this, some of this stuff is really hard. But guess what? It's actually impossible. 
You need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in us to live this out. You can't just grunt your way through it. It's ha- like Jesus, wow, you really set this relational bar pretty high. You know, I set it in the heavens. It's impossible for you. This is what you're going to do. Serve one another in love. So if you're, if you're biting and devouring each other or, you're, or you're, you're not loving your neighbor as yourself, it's because of the verse before. It's because you were gratifying, indulging your flesh. The moment I'm not serving you in love, it's just because I, it's, I want to do what I want to do. If I'm not serving my family at home, it's because I want to sit on the couch and have my daughter bring me coffee, right? She's not even, she's saying, don't look at me, Dad, I'm embarrassed. It's because we want to just prop up this flesh and say, yeah, I, I, I deserve this. And I just wanted to say this is tough stuff. But it's what sets us apart from the world right now. And, right, and we, we spend a bunch of time talking about our divisive culture out there. And, it, and it, it's so easy for us to just jump on board. And this is wrong and that's wrong. And, and blah, and these people and whatever. We've got to be so careful to guard our hearts and guard our mouths. And we want people, when they encounter us, to encounter the fragrance of Jesus Christ. And that's why that's one of our values. Is because it's really common, in church or not, and, and please, don't think I'm talking bad about churches. I'm just saying just because I know my own self. Just because I love Jesus doesn't mean it's easy for me to not want to bite and devour people or complain about things. or like. And all of a sudden, the inside of the church starts sounding just like the outside of the church. And so we decided a, a number of years ago that this place is going to be different. We're going to follow the Word of God here. And, and we just we put the word family on that because it's how I want to see you and how I want to treat you. That when there's people in our family that, you know, you, you all got a, a kid that just drives you nuts. Or you've all got an uncle that you just go, oh, man, or whatever. But they're family, right? And so we make... We, we, we make room for them and their idiosyncrasies and their quirks and their uniquenesses because we're committed. There's a, there's, a, there's a level of I owe you something because you're family. There's a level of indebtedness. There's a level of, of we're related. So like, oh, yeah, uh, Frankie needs a kidney. Well, I'm a match and I'm, I'm family. Do you know what I mean? Like there's this kind of this built-in... I owe you. And I think that's what God was trying to get at when he called us brothers and sisters, when he called us family. And there's a debt that I owe to you as followers of Christ, as brothers and sisters of Christ. I I owe my life to you. And in America, we don't think of it like that. We think of it as, how are you going to make my life better? When in God's economy, it's, I owe me to you. And that's scriptural. We We haven't gotten to that verse yet, but... Hebrews 2.11 says this. I want you to think about this. We're going to read this slowly. Just let this sink in. One verse here. But the one who makes people holy. Who's the one that makes people holy? God does. Right. The one who makes people holy and those who are made holy, that's us, are of the same family. The one who makes people holy and the ones who are made holy are of the same family. Now think about the next time that you're grumbling and complaining and talking, and you might even be casually throwing up a prayer, 
but mostly you're just annoyed. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't get your stuff out to God because that's the safe place to do it. But when you just are stuck on someone else and you're like, oh, God, they're this, that, and whatever, and the other thing, you're talking about God's family. And I just, I think if we really understood that, the reverence for a family member of God. When I wrong you, or when I have a bad attitude towards you, or when I'm angry with you and I don't handle it in a healthy way, because it's okay to be angry. We want to handle it in a healthy way. When I mistreat you, and then I look at Jesus, I have to be aware of Jesus. I just mistreated your family. I just disrespected your family. And I think that should carry some weight with us. Number one, because it's scripture. But number two, we should, be, we should be different than that. We should be walking in the forgiveness and love of Christ. Now, this is not a call to be perfect because this side of heaven, we're all going to struggle with some of this kind of stuff. But I just think it's so important that we recognize that you're God's child. And we can say that, oh, yeah, we're all children of God. But when I'm not handling my stuff well with you, I'm not handling it well with another member of God's family. And I think if we get the holiness of that and the power of that, we would start seeing people differently. And that's, my, that's our whole purpose with this, with this point of us being family, that we see each other differently. We're not just a bunch of people that kind of believe the same thing and we come to the same place. It's, it's more than that. There's a deeper connection than that. We owe each other something because Jesus paid a price for us, brought us into his family. Now I owe you. And we don't think of it like that, but if we did, just think of the unity and the diverseness and the beauty of the church of God when we treated each other like that. Well, you're not like me, but that's okay, because we both are servants of Jesus Christ, and we're going to link arms and we're going to do this together. And so look at this next verse, the next sentence in that verse. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Why would someone be ashamed of someone in their family, (laughs) right? Because people do people things, don't they? People do people things. We make bad choices. We, are, we do things that would make people... I, I'm sure there's some moments where in my lifetime that Stan and Marilyn were not uh, just beaming that I was their son. They never questioned their love for me. But now, were they proud of me? <laughs> like, no. Come on. You're just... You're denying reality if you say that. And I, I embrace that I, they were probably ashamed of some of my behaviors because that's not what they taught me. And yet Jesus says here, he's not ashamed to call us brothers and says, has anyone ever done something that was just kind of one of those, uh, the one guy in church here says zipperhead. He's being a zipperhead. Anyone ever had a zipperhead move? <laughs> no, just, well, Morgan raised her hand. Just Morgan. Anyone besides Morgan? <laughs> Where you're just sure that God, I mean, it's probably theologically probably not true, but it's, you're just sure God's got to be going, what, what is, what are you doing? And yet Jesus is not ashamed to bring us into his family. And Jesus is not ashamed to bring you into his family. And I need to recognize that when, with my interactions with you, when I pray for you, when I serve you, when I love you, when I honor you, because you're his family. And I just think it's so important that we recognize that we're family. I know I've said it over and over and over. You're getting annoyed. But we're not just people gathered in one place together. 
there's a connection that's deeper than that. First Peter 2.17, show, one version says honor, but show proper respect to everyone. There's that same thing again. It's saying this is what kind of people you should be. You should respect everyone. Oh, really? Even Johnny down the street? He's still made in God's image. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean we don't have to set not have to set boundaries or whatever, but we respect all at least the image of God in all people. Love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor, honor the king, honor the president if he's from the party that you voted for. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. It's a good way to get booted out of church. Challenge the people to honor the president if you didn't even vote for him or can't stand it. We're to be people of honor and respect. This verse is just going against the grain. Has anyone ever, like, how many have ever worked with wood at all? Any, any kind of wood of any kind, cutting or carving or doing anything? You ever go cross grain, ever take a knife and go cross grain or a chisel? It's just, you're going with the grain, you're just carving stuff out nice, or it's cutting nice. And you go cross-grain, it's just... <laughs> this verse goes cross-grain in our life and says, hey guys, re- respect some people. Oh yeah, I really ex- respect Jimmy, man, he's an awesome guy. No, this verse goes cross-grain. It starts digging into the fibers of our life and it says, show proper respect to everyone. I want you guys to be people that are respectful. It's talking about your character, it's not talking about other people. Right, well, you don't know what... Shh! It's talking about your character. You be people that respect others. It doesn't matter what they did. They're made in God's image. They might be lost as a goose in the fog, doing terrible things. They might be doing things against you. Oh, yeah, there's that verse in the Bible that says, love your enemies. Oh, I forgot about that one, right? Like, come on. We need to be people of character that can walk in honor everywhere that we go, and we treat the janitor as same as we do the president. We treat people that have no means as well, the same as people that could change the world for us financially. We treat people that scorn us the same as the people that love us. It does not mean they have the same access in our life. We'll talk about boundaries in a little bit, not today probably, but but we treat them the same way. Our attitude towards them, how we see them, is the same. God is saying, my kingdom's bigger than this. Don't be petty. Don't let someone else decide what your character is for you. Because when someone comes and ruffles your feathers, all of a sudden, you're like, Hey, I just didn't think really I couldn't decide how to feel today. So you look powerful. I'm going to let you have a bunch of power in my life. Now I'm going to get all mad at you. In youth group, that would have been really funny. (laughs) God is saying Christ is in you. You get to make the choice how you're going to treat people. And what I'm saying is so often we're walking down the street and we're letting people all around us decide how we're going to treat them. Someone says hi to you and you're like, oh, hi, buddy. And someone's like, ugh. And you're like, (laughs) We're not slaves to that. You've got a new nature. 
Show proper respect. This verse is just challenging us. Come on, be men and women of character. Come on, stop letting the world decide how you're going to view them. They're made in God's image. Boy, they got some issues. But you know what? Give respect. Like, treat them as humans. Come on. Don't sink to that level. Love the family of believers. Like, we're going to go even a step further with believers. We're going we're to open up our lives to them. Fear God and even honor the emperor who's throwing Christians in the lion's den. Who's making really bad choices. Like, this is not good legislation, right? Even that, because we have a choice, and we have the power to do that, and we have the authority to let that uh, anointing and power of God make our choices for us instead of people making our choices for us. Let me just run through. I just kind of summed all of this up, and I put it on slides. I didn't know if I was going to read these or not. We'll end with this. Things start to change. I'm just going to read this. I wrote this, but so there's no quote at the bottom because it's me. <laughs> I just wanted to sum it up, and I wanted you guys just to be able to read along because I know this could be like, oh, what, what exactly are you talking about? Things start to change when we begin to see each other, not just as part of an organization we all belong to, or simply a gathered group of people who believe in the same thing. That's supposed to be thing after that. But rather, a family that is gathered around core beliefs and values. When we are part of the same family, then there are expectations on how I treat you, how I trust you, how I give you grace, and how I'm responsible as a family member to you. Whoa. If I truly see you as family, then there's this level of responsibility in my life towards you, to you. Last one. I am now invested in your success. I want you to grow. I want to help you steer clear of landmines in your life. I want to help correct you when you're blinded to something that's leading you down a bad path. All of the intense verses in the Bible where it's talking about, you know, confronting someone or whatever. Confrontation is a beautiful thing when it's done. All of that kind of stuff is meant to happen in the context of family. Look at Paul when he writes some of the hard things to the churches of God. He's always saying, I'd, I'd give my life for you. Oh, that I, that I could be there to, to surrender my life in place of you. I, I, would give, I would give my heart longs for you. I'd give anything to be with you again. Read those kind of scriptures and know that Paul says, oh, you're my family. I, w- I would love to be with you because, because you have stake in my life. And that's what family does. You have stake in my life and I have stake in your life. Now you're all hungry thinking about stake. <laughs> I have investment in you and you have investment in me. When I do well, you do well. When you do well, they do well. When you do well, they do well. Like, we're in this together. We're the family of God here, and we should be for each other. And when people walk in here, they don't get to decide how we're going to treat them. We get to decide. We're loving you. (laughs) That's family. Like, let's have hard discussions, but boy, at the end of the day, I love you, and I'm for you, and I want to see you succeed. I want to weep when you weep. I want to rejoice when you rejoice. We're family. We're in this together. If I see you like that, I treat you like that. 
if I see you as someone who's taking my seat or whatever, or, you know, or just kind of making things difficult, then that's how I'm going to treat you. And so that's why our, that's our word, it's family. Like this place should be different because we're family. We love better because of Jesus in us. We, we, we can watch our words. We can, we can choose our attitudes because when we succumb to the flesh and start biting and devouring, we're sowing seeds. We're sowing the groundwork for my own destruction. How powerful is that? 